So I sometimes feel like the most damaging thing to meditation is the word meditation. Yeah, or the concept of meditation. Um, actually, in the time of the Buddha, if you go through the text, there is no such thing as, there's no word. Buddha never says the word meditation. That's not a word that's used. They talk about cultivation of the mind, the development of things. There's something where the mind collects or remembers itself or um, absorbs into itself. But the actual word meditation is to be found. So one of the problems that I had when I was in the monastery was that I would sit there with every morning meditation, an hour meditation every morning, and I would sit and try to do this thing called meditation, which I had heard this is like how you do it or what's supposed to happen when you do it. And so I'd be sitting there trying to do this thing called meditation, and it wouldn't work. Um, I would be sleepy, or my mind would be racing, or I would feel very restless. I would want to be everywhere but right there. And I kept trying to, you know, almost like grab my mind and put it back in front of me. It's like, no, like you're supposed to be doing this thing called meditation, which means like staying here. And it took me years. It took me years to realize that I was being very stupid. Yeah. Um, a teacher came and visited us. His name is Ajahn Brahm. And he is like a world-renowned meditation teacher. He's actually a very, very smart guy. He went to Cambridge for theoretical physics and then ended up going to Thailand and meeting this Thai force master, Ajahn Shah. And he meditated with him and you know, his community in Thailand for many years. And currently living in Australia, and he has a, a large community of monks in Australia, and he's also been doing a lot of work to help women get ordination again, because there was a lineage break, break that women couldn't receive higher ordination, so he just had started it again, helped start it again. He said, yeah, well, And we had him come to our monastery in Germany, and I had a chance to talk to him. I was his attendant, so I just spent a lot of time with him. And I eventually said, you know, can I ask you a question about meditation myself? He said, sure. And I said, yeah, every time I sit down to meditate, it's just I'm, it's like I'm suffering. <laughs> like there's this restlessness and this un unease, disease, ha unhappiness, and trying to get out of there. And he kind of listened, and he said, well, what you're doing is you're bringing and in Buddhism, we talk about grasping. Grasping is one of like the biggest problems in life, is that you kind of want things to be a certain way, or you want things to... It's either like you want things to be here that aren't here right now, or you want things to go away that aren't. Does that make sense to you? So either right now, it's like, ooh, I could really use a chocolate sundae. I really want something to come into this moment that's not here. Or I say, like, uh, oh, my leg hurts. I want that pain to go away. So it's either I want something that's not here to come in or something that is here I want it to go. Um, another way is also that there's something that's here now that I want to stay forever. 
you know, which is often like when I'm eating, I feel like that. Like eating is like, oh, it's so good. And it's like, I just want to keep eating forever. It feels so good. But eventually I get full and it's kind of like disappointing when you get full, especially when you're eating like pancakes or pizza or something or like, yeah, I just want to keep that good feeling going. I right? said, go. Um, and one of the main teachings of the Buddha is this teaching of impermanence or change or shifting or that there's nothing that you can depend on to always be there. One of his main teachings is that everything, whatever rises, passes away. All that arises, passes away. And just that sentence enlightened a lot of, you know, young monks back in the time of the Buddha. He just said that sentence, whatever arises, passes away. And people really looked at that and said, oh, wow. Like this body, yeah. Oh, this thought, yeah. This feeling, yeah. Oh, this person, yeah. Everything, huh? Yeah, oh, wow. That really everything that arises, passes away. So when I told the Sachin Brahm, he looked at me, he's like, yeah, the reason that we meditated is because of our grasping, because we're always trying to force things to be the way that we want them to be. Another word for that is being a control freak. Yeah? Show of hands, control freaks in the room. This is me raising my hand also for myself. Yeah. Right? So we're always trying to control things, which is natural and normal. Right? But that's what's causing a lot of our suffering. That suffering could even be called the space between how things are and how things you want to, how, how you want things to be. That could be the definition of stress, right? The definition of stress is wanting this moment to be different than it is. Anytime you're stressed, it's because you want the moment to be different. And that could mean like you're in traffic and you don't want that traffic, or you have a big shopping list in your head, or you have taxes, or something with the kids, or the family, or this, that. But there's something going on that you want to be done, and you have to be done, but it's not done yet. That the definition of stress, anytime you feel stressed, you can check in with yourself and you can see there's something in this moment that you want to be different. That you're at war with the present moment is the definition of stress, actually. Yeah, that space between the two things. So Ashton Brahm, he looked at me and he said, why not instead of meditating, which was me grasping on this idea of meditating, this idea of being peaceful and being this Buddha floating in the air, you know. This retreat's called Buddha Mind, right? Yoga Body Buddha Mind. So it's grasping. I want a Buddha Mind. I don't even know what that is, but I want it. So sitting here grasping it, being upset that I don't have it. He said, why not instead just relax? Why not just sit and enjoy sitting there? And in my mind, I just said, you know, but, but, you know, but I'm sitting all day doing nothing. You know, he's like, well, just relax. And I was like, yeah, but if I relax, how am I going to get the place I want? He's like, you know, try it. And I was like, cool, but, but, you know. And there's something in me that it's like a, a belief system. Like, I didn't believe. I, I was lacking faith. I didn't believe that if I just stopped, everything was actually okay. That there is a mechanism, like a computer program running inside of me that said, there's something wrong. And I always have to be doing something to make things right. That if I just stop, there's this feeling of like not enoughness, like something's missing. That I need to be doing something to get the thing that I want. Right? A very like if-then approach. Which is also how we're taught in our schools and things, right? You have to do the thing to get that other thing. Like get a job, to get the money, to get the that there's a very linear, like, A to B to C kind of approach. Whereas meditation, if you look at it, 
what meditation actually means is that your mind gets relaxed. You know, so if I said to you, relax your body, you'd say, okay, you just kind of crumple to the floor. You know, you, get, ah, you just relax your body. Easy. But then I say to you, now relax your mind. And then you start thinking about that. Huh? What? Huh? Is it working? How do I do? Am I just, should I try hard? That we understand the concept of relaxing. We, under, we get that. But when it comes to the mind, it's like this crazy foreign territory that it doesn't make sense. So like, how do you do that? What does that mean? And so the Buddha gave some tools for that, like, for instance, feel your breath, right? You're always breathing, so just feel your breath. If your mind is just feeling your breath, then it can relax, right? Or they say, feel your body sitting here, right? Or feel the ground. To just take your mind and put it on something. Some people practice, like, mantras or something, too, right? Just take your mind and put it somewhere and just let it stay there. Just let it rest. So... When the mind is resting, when it's rested, it starts to feel good, right? It's just like when you relax the body during Ritu's yoga class. I'm so happy that was like a restorative class because I love that kind of like you're half asleep and half awake and you're in a really peaceful space. I hope I wasn't snoring. But, um, but that really beautiful feeling of just, it feels so good to relax people in the body, right? So... The mind, when we relax the mind, and maybe if any of you have ever gone on a vacation, um, vacations, although can also be quite stressful, depending, right? But that feeling of like sitting at the beach somewhere, right, or sitting outside the grass, I'm sure all of us have maybe experienced at some point that we felt totally fulfilled by what was going on around us. That we just felt totally at peace, like everything was okay, this is my time to chill out, there's nothing else, there's nothing I need to do. And the mind was able to relax. The mind was able to put down all of its loads and just say, right now, it's just the time just to be here and it's okay. Right? That feeling of vacation, the vacation vibe. Yeah? That's like a relaxed mind. And that's a mindset that is available all the time, that's trainable, that can be recognized as, oh, it feels good when I stop worrying about things, when I stop doubting things, when I put things down. When I take some time to not have to be the control freak and the doer and holding on to things so tightly. When I can just relax and just be here with whatever's here. You know, when you're sitting at the beach watching the ocean and you feel the sun, you're not like getting mad that you're having thoughts. You're not like at war with your restless mind. You're just enjoying. You're appreciating being there. And so the mind as a, as a byproduct, as a symptom, of that feeling of contentment, the mind naturally by itself quiets down. So having a quiet mind, having no thoughts like that, that's not the thing that we're going for. That's the, that's the byproduct of feeling a sense of contentment. That meditation is actually an emotional process. Yeah, and that's a message that does not get across enough Maybe because, like, it's been mostly men that came over and taught it, and they're very, like, structured and like this, and you're sitting in a very, like, masculine, structured way of, like, talking about spirituality or something. But actually, meditation is a feeling process. It's the feeling of contentment, the feeling of enoughness, the feeling of peace, 
the feeling of allowing yourself just to be here. Self-love, right? I'm allowed just to be here and feel good. I don't have to feel guilty if I'm not planning and thinking. Or the world's not going to fall apart. Yeah, I'm not that, like, irreplaceable that if I'm not, like, thinking and planning and worrying for five seconds, everything's going to go to hell. Yeah, that I can actually back off and allow things a little bit. Allow things to be like they are. Yeah, what a release, right? A huge release. Because your mind in meditation isn't busy just because you have a monkey mind. I hear that all the time. I have a monkey mind. Where you going? You know, you don't have a monkey mind. Your mind is spinning around because you're not clear about how you're creating that system within yourself. If I was really worried about something, my mind would be spinning too, right? If I wasn't worried about anything, if I felt really happy to be here, my mind would start to relax. So a monkey mind, you always have a monkey mind, that just means that you're habitually worried or you're habitually stressed or you're habitually trying to control things, right? Which comes from fear. Control is the opposite of fear, right? Control. We try to control because we feel out of control. So when we talk about meditating and practicing meditation, for me, from from my side, I really want to um, to get across that, that there's not like this thing called meditation that you're trying and striving and struggling to do, and there's like a right or wrong way to do it. Am I doing it right or not? All this. It's really about just relaxing, allowing the mind to relax. And there's different levels and stages to that. There's things we can do that are very meditative. Right? Like going for a walk in the forest, right? Or just relaxing. There's a lot of things you can do dancing, right? Yoga, right? There's all these things. They're meditative because they're naturally invoking a sense of presence for you. That you're naturally present in a, you know, happy or easeful way. Right? So that's something that's meditative. That there's a natural, useful presence that's evoked through what you're doing. And then if you want to do this thing called meditation, right, which is actually when the mind just starts to absorb in itself, that's when you take that act, right? I'm doing yoga, right, or I'm reading, or I'm outside the forest, and it starts to feel, something feels really good. I feel really present, and I feel kind of like happy and uplifted and peaceful. And then I close my eyes, so I come inside of myself, right? Close my body down. And I turn inward to that feeling of peace, Self, to that feeling of relaxation, of easefulness, of upliftment, that the mind, instead of going out through the senses, the mind turns back into itself. It closes in on itself. It closes circuit, it absorbs back into itself. And that feeling of peace, of relaxation, relaxation of contentment, those are the feelings that allow the mind to come in and to drift in. And it's kind of like this middle place, because it's not like you're falling asleep please. But there's some similar principles. Like when you go to bed at night, you, you let go of everything and then you drift off to sleep. So it's like that same process except you're, you're awake. So you're allowing everything to fall away and simultaneously you're perfectly aware. Right? So it's these two polarities that there's an enhanced sense of letting go. Actually, exactly what you said about yoga, that there's the effort and the usefulness in every pose, that it's this exact 
balance between effort and ease that to the point that there is almost no effort because you're just releasing, but you're releasing with the sense of awareness and awakeness, that there's an awakeness with the release. Yeah, and that's the best way to kind of describe what that is. Meditation should not have to be like another thing to do that you're kind of trying to cram into your schedule. Um, I know a lot of people, they meditate, but there's almost like a resentment around it, or they beat themselves up if they didn't meditate that day or whatever, and it becomes a little bit neurotic. And if you really look at meditation as time for you, uh, I think that that's a much more helpful way to look at it, that you are just taking time for and with yourself, and that's something that you want to do and that feels good. And that at any point of the day, you can say, this is my time for me. And you can plan it. And if anyone needs something from you, say, sorry, I have an appointment right now. Appointment with me. This is my time for me. Whatever that looks like, however that fits into your schedule. But you need to take it as a priority. Just like you take yoga class or things like we eat. You know, we have things that we prioritize because they're necessary. Time with and for ourselves is necessary. It's not like, oh, I want to do that. No, you need it. If we do not have that, we get sick and we get crazy and we hurt everybody around us because we're not clear and we're out of control. We're not happy. Everyone around us is going to get our unhappiness. Yeah. So it's something that you really need to prioritize for yourself. But it's time for me. It's not meditating. So it's a different vibe. It's not the thing I have to do. It's no, it's my time to relax and let go. And I would say that your time for you could look like whatever you want it to be, first of all. I would say if you want to just go for a walk in the forest, if you want to just read, you want to just, whatever you want to do to just at least take that step back to your, towards yourself, great, do that. If you want to take it further, then you could do this thing like where you try to rest your mind on something. You know, you look at an object, you look at a cloud, you take your breath, take a candle, and you just feel your body, whatever. Just rest your mind on something and just breathe and allow your mind to rest. And even if you start thinking about something, it doesn't matter. Don't, don't get upset at yourself because you stopped resting. Just when you realize you've been gone, just come back. Oh, yeah, breathing. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at that cloud, whatever. Let the balloon float away. Don't grab onto the string and let it pull you all over the place. You know, learn just to rest the mind. And you can turn the mind again inward onto those feelings. Any good feeling you have, any good feeling you have, you can really just close your eyes, relax, and turn the mind onto that good feeling, and it'll suck your awareness right onto it. Because we like things that are pleasurable. Something pleasurable, the mind gets sucked to it. If something painful, the mind is repelled by it. So anytime you want to be more present, focus on the thing in this moment that feels the best. Yeah, maybe I'm so happy to be here, right? So happy I don't have to talk to anybody today. Happy I got to turn my phone on. Happy I just had some really great food, some good yoga. I'm happy that uh, I have a body sitting here, right? Be creative. I've spent time with the Dalai Lama. I've spent time with Thich Nhat Hanh. I've spent time with a lot of different Buddhist masters. And the thing that I've seen about them across the board is they have mastered the art of making themselves happy. Yeah, they all mastered the art of making themselves happy. And sometimes it would just be really, the Dalai Lama, I found sitting there, and he started looking at his foot, and he like flipped his foot over, and flipped it back, and flipped his foot over again, and started giggling at his own foot. Yeah, like a crazy person, right? Looks like a crazy person. 
But when I looked closer, I said, no, he's just making himself happy. I went to see Thich Hans. He was staring at a, a lamp on his porch. And he looked at me and he said, enjoy the full moon. And he looked back and was just staring at this lamp. Same thing. That's a crazy person, right? It's not a full moon, it's a lamp. But then I realized, no, he is deciding that I'm going to create this image that this is a moon and I'm going to sit there smiling at it because it makes me feel happy because it's funny. Yeah? That they allow themselves to have almost like a childlike quality. That they don't care about reason or logic or judgment. They just allow themselves to be very simply happy. They create happiness for themselves. The Buddha said if he could summarize his teachings into just three sentences, it would be something along the lines of do more of the things that are good, do less of the things that are not good, and develop the mind. Yeah, so it's kind of like saying, like, things that are making you just happy in a wholesome way, like silly, fun, happy things that just make your mind happy and do more of that. Things that make you feel heavy, grumpy, upset, frustrated, yeah, fighting, do less of that stuff. Yeah, cultivate the mind. This is all just called mind training. All this, if it comes down to it, it's just about the mind. The mind is the center of all of it. And you're always living with the mind. The mind is like the silent partner in all of it. Yeah, because the mind is always experiencing what you're experiencing. The mind is always there. And that's, you know, yoga. If you get to the heart of yoga, there's also, um, there's, there's multiple limbs of yoga. And the kind of deepest limb of yoga would be like the samadhi practice, which is the same as in Buddhist meditation. Samadhi practice when eventually you work through everything and the mind absorbs, everything comes down to one point. It absorbs, the consciousness absorbs into itself, one place, this place of unity, peace. Yeah, I've reached this place a couple of times in meditation, but it's breathtaking. It's hard to even put into words. Because everything we know in life has a sense of duality to it. There's me and my thought, me and my feeling, me and my breath. In this place, everything combines. There's just a one Space. There's no me, not me, inside, outside. There's a oneness, a wholeness, a completeness. And it's so refreshing for the heart because you realize your entire life, all you've ever wanted was to feel complete. All we've ever wanted is to feel that feeling of completeness because everything's actually okay. There's no problem. Everything is fine. Everything is amazing. We're just not aware of it. We just forget it. We're not experiencing it. So what meditation, what we're going to do is just slowly allow the mind to come together. Just allow the mind to come in towards itself. Yeah? Do those things that make you feel happy. If you're sitting here, smile. If you think of something that makes you happy, think of something that makes you happy. You know, use your thoughts if you want. It doesn't matter. Whatever makes this feel good for you, make it feel good. If this doesn't feel good, you're not going to do it when you go home. If this feels like a chore, you're not going to do it. This will only work if you really are saying, no, this is just time for me to sit and be in my own space and there's no right or wrong way to spend my time. It's just my time to be here with me. Yeah? And then just really allowing that and then finding a way. What, what do I want the mind to rest on today? Yeah? Just rest. Feel space around you. Just rest. Space out. Spacing out is not a bad thing. Because yeah? if you space out long enough, sometimes you start spacing in. Right? Sometimes the spaciousness starts to go in, too. Ooh.
So try to see your practice as an act of self-love, as a gift that you're giving to yourself. That I'm going to give myself something nice. Yeah, I'm going to give myself a little bubble of time and space that I allow myself just to relax and settle down and to feel good just being. Yeah, and that's it. That's really all we need to worry about. If you want to get into like the deeper stuff, go to a monastery, go on retreat for a year. You know, there's ways to get into the deep, 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 subtle states of meditation. I don't see that that's the most helpful thing to talk about when like we're living in the world, we have our lives. Right? But just to be able to recollect ourselves, get that space of peace on that bubble, that's essential. I teach social emotional learning in schools, right? They have me come into schools because kids don't have it, parents don't have that, teachers don't have that. They're full of doing. They don't know how to be. Yeah, they don't know how to just like relax, chill out. So this is like practice. And the more you practice this in this setting, that's like when you get to go home, you're in your lives. You have your family, you have your busyness. So once you're practicing this in this space and you know what it feels like, you can start to incorporate that into your daily life. The edges start to bleed a little bit. Maybe somebody says something and instead of reacting to them, you drop into meditation where you hold it. I was in my car yesterday and somebody came, they backed up into my car and there's a bike on the back of the car and hit the front of my car. And I stood up and I got out of my car and I felt that there could have been a what the hell are you doing kind of energy come up in me. But instead I just took a breath and I looked down and I said, no, there's no damage. And the woman came out of the car and she's like, I'm so sorry. I was like, yeah, no problem. You know, and right away you can, in the moment, you can transmute. You can transmute emotions, you can transmute things that are coming up that are negative, that are unskillful, that are egoic that don't serve anything. You can watch them want to arrive and you hold them in that space of meditation and you say, no, I'm going to choose something else. It's amazing still to have an argument with your partner. To not have to react to what people say, to hear something and just to hold space for it and to wait and to feel, to wait, to feel, and then to choose a response. I think Warren Buffett said that was like one of his superpowers. You know, the richest one, richest man in the world. That he's able to not be influenced by other people, that he has the ability just to sit and wait and feel and then choose how he's going to respond to something. Because if you're reacting, you're being controlled by the other person, or you're being controlled by the situation. Yeah, if you allow space and you choose your response, then you're in control of yourself. You're controlling your mind. And that's the only way forward. We have to hold ourselves accountable. We have to be in control of our own mind. Yeah. The world will run you in circles as you know. Yeah. You need to do that for yourself. So we'll do now some mind training. Right? So now we're going to be training how to just hold that space and be present. Okay? So you can sit in a way that feels comfortable and stable for you. And we'll just do a you know, kind of short meditation, maybe 20 minutes or so. And then from there, we'll go into the city healing. The city healing will be like laying down, relaxing. So from here on out, this is really just a time for you to just think deeper and deeper into yourself and relax. Um, again, don't try to do anything. Don't fight yourself if your mind is busy. See how you can just unlock all that stuff emotionally. Everything's okay. You're okay. It's enough just to be here. You're doing great. Just that positive emotional reinforcement. Sitting in a position that feels comfortable, we close our eyes. 